Welcome to Tidolda. Oh, do it again. Welcome to Tidolda. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> You're telling me, bro. Good with hey, bro. Yeah. Hey, drink some more beer. Total Degenerates Podcast brought to you by Resilient Real Estate. See Adam for all your needs as far as home selling and buying. Um, happy to be here, BK Morgan. What's up, boys? What up? Just drinking. You know, it's been a while since we've kind of gotten the other stuff besides the college football, besides the NFL, besides UFC that's kind of been dominating in this podcast for a while. And don't get me wrong, we're going to touch on a lot of stuff today. But we also, we're getting back to our roots, you know, we kind of talked and, you know, getting to be that degenerate that we all are and helped made this podcast. So we're going to have a couple of those topics before you today, um, mostly on episode two, but we will have some of that for you. Uh, we're going to start with the drink of the day. We're sipping on some of these Golden Road beers that uh, were brought to you by the drink of the day, Golden Road sponsored. Um, so... We've had these beers before. I think I actually had the one K Morgan had last time when we got these. He's drinking the Bubble Blonde. Did you have that before? Yeah, I had this one before. It's actually probably my favorite um, Golden Road beer that they've provided for us and for this podcast. So I went with it again just because I think it's it's refreshing. It's like on the it's got a little pomegranate hint to it, yeah, which is it's which perfect is different. for a hot day. It's different. Perfect. That's not typically my you know beer of choice, but I actually really enjoy this one. Yeah, uh, B has the same thing. It's great. I just it's my go to so far. Yeah, I'm with, I'm with Kevin. I think so. I I love the IPAs that Golden Road has. They have quite a few that I really enjoy. Um, I'm on the Hazy Roller, um, one of the better Golden Roads. Probably my second favorite Golden Road IPA they have, but really really good beer. So that is our Golden Road drink of the day. Let's get into it. You know we've had some breaks from some other sports. You know now is kind of the time I think the average fan really dives into the NBA. Yeah. You know, the playoff time. There's so many games regular season. They're every other night. Hard to keep track of how everyone's really doing. But now we're into the conference or conference finals, right? So we've already had a game in one side of it. The other series is starting tomorrow. First, I want to start. It's starting the Western Conference. He's already been going. The we, we see that the Suns are up one game to nothing. We have the whole Chris Paul debacle. What, what, what do we got on that? Um, a, a lot of people calling it a conspiracy. I mean, I think he just went and hugged his dad, I think. Is that what it was? Or a family member. Wow. So it's pre- that's pretty stupid. When LeBron like went to a whole party, they didn't suspend him. But I don't know. I don't know when he's coming back. I haven't dug deep into it enough to really you know, understand the situation. All I know is Chris Paul's out. Um, I think... Just as big a news, Kawhi being out for the Clippers, yeah, and again. not only being out, but they still won those two games without him. And that when I mean myself included, we're going to give them no chance to beat the Jazz with him being out. Yeah, I called, thought Utah was going to come back on them with Kawhi out, and Easy. they called it the grown man sweep. They lose the first two games, and they go win the next four, and they sweep them in four straight mm-hmm. games. Two without Kawhi, yeah, impressive. And they dropped game one without Kawhi, no Chris Paul. Kind of expected that to happen. Clippers kind of start the series a little bit slow. It was a close game. Suns pulled away late. Who's Devin, a, Devin Booker had a hell of a game. He's a dude. 40-point triple uh, double. Yeah. His first triple double ever. Who's a bigger loss, Kawhi or Chris Paul? It's Kawhi. You think Kawhi? 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, I know they won those two games without him, and Paul George is a superstar, but it's Kawhi. Kawhi Leonard is the reason they will win a championship if he comes back. Um, if he doesn't, Suns might sweep him. I don't, I don't buy this whole 2-0 nothing, you know, nonsense. I think the Suns are young, fast, strong. They go down 2-0 and Kawhi doesn't come back, they're kind of screwed. Suns are a good team. I, I think Chris Paul being out is a little bigger. Um, no the, shot. The, the Clippers proved that they can win without Kawhi. They yeah. proved that they beat the Jazz two games with Booker, with Conley, and Gobert. Like, they put a, a fight, hell of a fight, and won, damn near won that series. Well, they did. And then now they're going to be playing the Suns. Um, Chris Paul, to me, is just – he's point guard. You know what I mean? Like, he is our generation yeah, best sure. point guard of our, of our lives watching basketball. You know, he had – some of the earlier guys. I mean, Curry's the better shooter, of course, but as far as like distributing the basketball point guard position, Chris Paul's been the guy. So I think he's going to be the bigger, especially with that veteran presence that I think the Suns need getting into the conference finals and then eventually. I mean, it's not like Chris Paul's ever been in this situation, though. That guy's oh, been he's cursed a, he's throughout the playoffs ever. But he's the vet. And Kawhi's been there before, but I think the Suns are going to need to rely on a vet like Chris Paul to do it. They. That's what I'll say is they do rely heavily, you know, to close games. Chris Paul's kind of their guy that keeps him intact they keep he keeps him calm he i think he's more important with the fact that they rely heavily on the other stuff that he does for the team leadership wise no question Kawhi's is a better talent probably yeah of course Kawhi's a better player Kawhi Kawhi leonard is top five if not top three players in the nba oh, anytime course. he's not, not on the that. court it's a bigger loss i'm not against that i just think as far as like for this team for like because i don't know if the suns can win can beat like the bucks without Chris Paul. I don't know. That's that's where I think it gets interesting. Before we pick this series, let's go to the other side. Let's talk about what just happened. The Nets lose in Game 7. The super team, they were built to win. They were everyone's favorite. They get some injuries with Kyrie, with yeah, Harden. I mean, we all picked them. We all did pick them, and they lose in a Game 7 to the Bucks that they were in control of that series early. And what happened? I mean, what really happened here? I mean, I think injuries is a big part of it, um, but at the same time, I don't think it has anything to do with the Nets. I think the Bucks are really good. Chris Middleton is playing like a superstar. Play plays well. great. He plays great defense. I mean, Yanis is unstoppable. When he wants to be and he gets down, he gets down in the paint. No one's stopping him. So, I mean, obviously it's a close game, but adding Drew Holiday in the offseason helped. That guy plays phenomenal defense. Uh, they're, they're just equipped to win. I think it's their time. And it's just, I mean, obviously we're like, okay, the guys have fucking Durant, James Harden, and Ky- Kyrie. You know what I mean? You're like, I mean, they're going to win, but. Harden was 100%. We knew that. Kyrie's out for the last couple games. But Middleton and, and Yan has been trying to do this for, you know, five years. No, they have. They have. And I think people discredited them this year because they weren't the number one seed like they have yeah. been in the past. You know, they didn't have the regular season that they normally have. But you're right. It's the same core that has been trying to make this run for the last few years and get they, over the hump. They added Holiday, and they got I, – I feel like they're going over the hump. I mean, I wouldn't count out Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, they're kind of dangerous. Was, it but. was a great series, but um, I think we need to give a little bit of uh, respect to the Bucks coach, yeah. to be honest with you. I mean, down 2-0 and then, like, legitimately made adjustments. Yeah, you know? Hasn't of lost course, at home this season. Yeah, of course there were, you know, injuries that obviously affected the series. But at the end of the day, like, they were down 2-0 – without Harden and Kyrie in game two. And they got blown out. Yeah, you know, He got hurt halfway through it. So I think he made some great adjustments, and I think he kind of outcoached uh, Steve Nash, to be honest with you. So um, first, I, think, I, think yeah, the Bucks, I think the Bucks are a problem moving forward. What about Durant, man? 
I mean, you, you kind of forget about Durant because of the injury. Yeah. And then him. Well, you almost forget he had the injury because he's still playing at such a high level. Right. You forget he had the injury, but also, like, you kind of. There was a stretch because early on in, in his career, it was like LeBron Durant, LeBron Durant. And then yeah. as soon as Durant went to Golden State and kind of won that ring and wasn't really the main guy, people kind of lost the, like, how good he really fucking was. Well, he was still the MVP of those teams. As far as, like, in the finals, he won the MVP. But it never felt like his team. No, of course not. You know, it's he, felt like he, sold, he sold out. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. that's why everyone lost respect for him. Yeah, it's a respect. Right. him a sellout. He won a couple rings with, with Steph and Clay. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm, I'm, I see where you're going with this. He's really good. Oh, like, I think he's the best player in the NBA. Best scorer that we've had. In all time, gener- in our generation, yeah. I would say. I mean, in our generation, for o- sure. Overall, I mean, I think LeBron overall is a better basketball player, defensively, right. passing, rebounding, all of the physicality of the game. Durant's as the purest scorer I've ever watched. Just score. He's seven he's, foot, can do anything. He's a bucket. Yeah, he's, yeah. You want to talk about a bucket? He's a bucket. Yeah, he is. I mean, his performance in Game Six, Game Seven were unbelievable. Great. In game Five, he played every single minute. And just crazy. It just goes to show, like. He's a little weird off the court, but at the end of the day... He kind of is. At the end of the day, he's just like, he's a basketball player, and he's a fucking really good basketball player. Yeah. I think people lost that, and just because, you know, going to Golden State, but he did everything to get that uh, Nets to that position. Yeah. And it wasn't his fault they lost. James Harden, I'll be honest, this is James Harden's fault, but, you know, no one wants to talk about that. Right. Injuries aside, but... It's just I funny. like blaming I like blaming Steve Nash as well. I, I think he got out coached. I really yeah. do. I just I look back at Kevin Durant's career and I remember him playing at Texas and I was like, damn, this guy's really fucking good. Skinny as hell, super tall, rangy. And then the Trailblazers took Greg Greg Oden over him and I was like, wow, the fucking boss. worst decision. Think we about ever that. Made. Greg Oden to Kevin Durant. That like everyone talks about the Jordan draft debacle because he went three. Yeah, but like Greg Oden before Kevin Durant, that might be the worst draft pick of all time. It's pretty it, bad. In, in any sport, like in any sport yeah. history, right? I think that's unfair to the point where, like, we don't know about Greg Oden. Like, he was just hurt his whole career. Like That dude looked he, 30 in college, though. Yeah, like, he did. I mean, but at the same time, like, the guy was number one pick for a reason. And we never got to see, like, his full potential. Yeah, you can say that about a lot of guys, though. No, I know. But it wasn't, like, a guy, like, who was drafted one overall. Like, like who Jamarcus? Was, who was, no, who was the guy that the, the Cavs took? And he was just uh, absolute, like Anthony Brown. Yeah, uh, yeah, Anthony Brown, UNLV. UNLV kid. I don't know if it was a Brown. Anthony Brown was his name. Well, anyways, he was an absolute. Boss. But that was also a very bad draft, though. Like, yeah, that whole draft. There was not very many good players in that draft. Yeah, but in still, comparison. that was. I'm um, with. I'm with you. That's, that's a terrible pick of all yeah. time. Because so, Kevin, Kevin Durant is going to be top yeah. ten, top ten, maybe of all time. Yeah, maybe, maybe. So moving on to the other side on the Eastern Conference, um, the Sixers lose Game Seven. Um, the Hawks come out of nowhere. Hawks, man. They weren't supposed to beat the Knicks. They go in, they beat the Hawks, Knicks. Hey, they're tight. They go in and then they <laughs> beat tight. they beat the Sixers in a one seed in Philly. Ben Simmons took a total of four shots in the fourth quarter in the whole series. Yeah, seven games. Four shots. They're they're burning his jersey outside. Let's get into Simmons later. But okay. like, as far as like this series go, I mean, this was the 76ers series to lose. Oh, 100%. Right? Yeah. I mean, going into this game, I, like we were talking about, the, the Hawks were getting seven points going into that game. Yeah. Like, they were still being disrespected going into that game seven. And they fucking got, took care of business. Unbelievable. 
Yeah, no, I it's it's one of those series where you're gonna look back at and be like, who's who's the blame? Yeah, right? that this is a who's the blame? This because, is a gut check. You know, the Hawks are young, and yeah, they they have a superstar in Trey Young, but Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, you're supposed to be the All Star. Like but you're you're you have this you have Doc Rivers, you have yeah. Tobias. They've got guys. Yeah, Joel, Hill. Joel Embiid. Could have. I mean, if he didn't miss twenty games, he would have been the MVP. Yeah, number two in the league. What, what game was it where they blew that large lead? Was that game five? Game five. Mm-hmm. And in the second half, the only ones to score were Embiid and Curry. Like that's unacceptable. The whole second half, you had two guys score and they blow a thirty-point lead, and it kind of felt like the series was over after that. Yeah. Like it kind of. I mean, I thought they were all surprised they won Game Six. Then the Sixers came back and won it and forced a Game Seven. But at the end of the like. I didn't think they had any shot in Game Seven. I mean, it was it was close. I mean, for the most part, but I felt like they're depleted. Let's get into it. Ben Simmons sucks. Talk about it. Yeah, he's not good. He shot what thirty something percent from the free throw line. Are yeah. you kidding me? It's bad. Like you're talking about just shots in the fourth quarter. He doesn't even play in the fourth quarter because they're hacking him to get him to the foul line. That's a problem. That's a huge problem. A guy problem. making $100 million. And he's really good perimeter defense, and you can't oh. put him in there. Well, that's what I'm saying. He's good defensively. He's got. He's a good passer, good great, rebounder. Great passer, great rebounder. But he can't play in the fourth quarter because he cannot shoot a free throw, and he he's a liability. He can't shoot a three, which, a liability. Is, which is big for basketball uh, nowadays. You have to hit the three. He's passing up on layups. He did. Like yeah, he passed, that. yeah, he passed up on an open layup shot. He's he soft. Um, I think Stephen A. Smith said it perfectly. I think he's psychologically screwed. He went in on him this morning. Like Did dad. he? Yeah. I, I know a couple a couple games ago, and they're like, he went the in guy's, on dad. He's all in his head. Yeah. How much is it to blame on the players, obviously, or Doc Rivers in this situation? Because this isn't the first time we've kind of seen a performance like this out of a Doc Rivers team, where they kind of come out flat. They don't play really well in the playoffs. Well, one, you could blame... You don't have 100% Joel Embiid. You need someone else to pick up the slack. You do and need to, someone else. And Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons were phenomenal They're during good. the regular season. And Seth Curry was really fucking good in the playoffs. Se- yeah, like, Seth. Really good. Seth is pretty good. Um, he's He's got a great jump shot, great three-point shooter. But you like Ben Simmons is an all-star, right? What's he's a phenomenal athlete. You need everyone to he, do their he's role. Got, he's got to take over. You got everyone to play their role. If Embiid's a little bit down, your number two has to step up. Yeah. And he didn't. Tobias Harris is a great number three, and Seth Curry does his job as being a sharpshooter on the outside. You need your number two to be that guy. Ben Simmons is not that guy. He's not. He's not that guy. I mean, we, we saw something today on Twitter. It said it was like 91% of Sixers Nation want him gone. Yeah, they were burning his jersey outside the game last night. That was because he's that bad. What do what do they where do they go from here? So it was all. Remember the whole thing was trust the process, right? With the Sixers, they blew up everything. They it's had the over. worst NBA That's team. Over. Well, they were, well, it was Embiid when he got there. He was young and he was balling. They out. drafted Nerwin's Noel. Then they drafted Okur, and they're like, well, they they're Simmons. always having top ten picks, got top Simmons. three but picks. Then, but then they drafted the guy um, that they ended up trading to the Magic from Washington, uh, who also had a ton of Fultz. Fultz. Fultz, who's actually a pretty good player. He's pretty good. He, he, he had he a really good offseason, yeah. did did well uh, for the Magic. His free throw shooting is also kind of rough. But he had a good season with the Magic. But they've, you're right. They've always had kind of these like top 10 pick talents. They make these big blockbuster trades. Getting Tobias Harris was good. Pit move for them. 
it's just kind of like, what do we do? Is the uh, process still a process or is it blown? Uh, they got to blow it up. I think you build it around Embiid, but Embiid can't, it has to be like a 1A, 1B because. And Tobias, it, Tobias isn't worth what he's making. No, he has to go. That was a great trade for the Clippers, by the way. If you look back on that trade, they got. I think it's mutual benefit for both of them because Tobias Harris has been good for the Yeah, he has. Too. He has. I mean, it was. It turned it, out to be good. Yeah, it, it did. So I think they got to kind of. I think they got to restart. I think they got to revamp. I think it. they really do have to trade Simmons. You have to find a trade. But who's going to take that? Someone will take that. I think you know. what I mean, like any team that needs kind of like the somewhat of a poster player who can play the ball, play good defense, and or just even be, a, a like, small market to get the exactly. name in there. That's what I'm saying. So Honestly, well, the best fit for him is Lakers. Uh, no, they they, they need shooting, Cody. They they, they do, but they, they need shooters, but they need like. Someone who's going to be like him, who's going to play good he's, defense. He's literally a little bit more athletic than than Kyle Kuzma, and that's like the same player. Yeah, but he does so much more than Kuzma does. Like Kuzma is supposed to score, Kuzma doesn't. He just Kuzma scores more than Simmons. Like it's yeah, but Simmons plays good defense, rebounds. Like he does passes better. Simmons does everything but score a basket. Yeah, but that's a problem, but, and that's not well. That's <laughs> not how the NBA is now. Yeah, let's no, be honest. Yeah, it's, it's like playing. It's like being an unbelievable defensive shortstop and hitting buck fifty. Like, you know, yeah, you're not going to make the lineup. No. So, I mean, would he be a good fit? And, like, first one comes, comes to my hand is, like, Dallas with Luka. Put him with Luka. And hey, just, if he's not getting the ball enough, he, he's not a good fit. And so Luka needs the ball. Literally right? send him to, like, the Magic. Like, just send, send him, him somewhere, somewhere where he can somewhere be the number die. one guy. He needs to have and, the ball, period. Yeah, he needs to, like. But not shoot. Take but he needs to shoot. Like, he needs to force himself to shoot. He needs to go to a team that he has to be the number one and do everything. Like, Chicago would be good for him. I think Chicago. Yeah. Chicago, Chicago would be good. Detroit. Pistons, yeah. yeah. He needs a change where he's the number one and he's going to get forced to score. Yeah, like, hey, otherwise he's not going you to. have to have 25, 11, and 10 or we're going to lose every game. Yeah. So, let's get into these conference finals. Four small market teams. I guess the Clippers aren't small market. But they're the little brothers. But they've never won. They've never won. So they in comparison to the Lakers, of course. Yeah. So you know, but besides that, you have a Phoenix team who's never really been there. You have a not Mo- for a while, not since Barkley, really. Yeah. You have a Milwaukee team, and who's been choking. You have Atlanta. So like four teams that no one really kind of kind of like were good, but besides the Clippers and the Bucks, no one really expected the other two to be there, Atlanta or Phoenix. No, not really. And you kind of maybe thought so with Phoenix. When they were the number two seed in the regular season, and they, they acquired had. you know point guard and, and things, but yeah, no, they uh, sucked off in the off season. <laughs> <laughs> Since then, unreal. I know they, they didn't yeah, lose a game good. in the bubble. Yeah, they didn't lose a game in the bubble, and then rolled it into this year. Yeah. Kind of tight. So is this hey, is it tight. good? Is it good for the Bank NBA? On them. I think it's great for the NBA. The I'm more than I've been there. I'm more interested in these Eastern Conference and Western Conference Finals than I've ever been. So no, because th- usually. You know the outcome of one. Like, hey, yeah. LeBron for the East for 10 years, you know, 12 years. And then we went to the Lakers, like, oh, Lakers in the bubble. Like, they're flying through. It's yeah. the like, first you time. always knew one. First then, time since 2010 that LeBron or Curry will not be in the finals. It's a long time ago. It's a long time And I love that about because I, I like basketball in its purest form. So, like, watching a Devin Booker, Trey Young, like, Yanis. Like, those guys are going to be – Long gone, or I mean, LeBron's gonna be long gone when those guys are superstars, right? So it's nice to see these young guys like Devin Booker might be the next Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. That's um, bold. 
he scores just as well. Super bold. Um, we'll talk about that in a minute. But, I mean, as far as, like, the small market, good for basketball. I mean, I don't know if it's good for the NBA, per se. You know what I mean? As far as, like, it's good for a good fan. It's good for the fans. Yeah, it's good, good for the good fans. It's good for the shake-up. It's good yeah. to see, potentially, you know, Trey Young could have the fucking trophy at the end of the year. That's, That's crazy. That's crazy to even think about and see. But That's we're sick. in a realistic world. That, but, that could happen. But I think people are kind of over the, like, well... LeBron played the Warriors four years, yeah. or he played the Spurs for three years. You know what I mean? You're kind of over that. Like the, no, the, narrative the NFL, was cool for a couple years. the NFL. That's why it's so great. Like the NFC's always got some wild team going in there, going for the Super Bowl, playing against Brady or Manning. You know what I mean? Mahomes. This year, it's there's no that one name. Yeah. It you is. don't you don't know who's gonna win anymore right now. I agree with B. I, I'm more interested in it now that there's. You don't know. The unknown, right? Mm-hmm. So let's get into these games. We'll start on the Western Conference. The Suns are up as of today, one nothing. Who do you like in this series and why? Uh, I said it last episode. I, I like Phoenix, uh, Phoenix to represent the West, but I think something's wrong with Kawhi. Yeah. Um, and if Chris Ball, whatever that debacle is, if he comes back, I think it might be it might be a damn sweep if Kawhi doesn't play. I really wow. I really like Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. Paul, I, Paul George, you're not that guy. <laughs> you're not that guy. He's, he's a good number two. Yeah. But he's also inconsistent. So, he's inconsistent. Like he can have a really bad game. And he's a number two. But you're not surprised. winning a West Coast Finals against a young young buck team like Aiton and Booker are so hungry for this right now. I like Crowder, man. People underestimate Crowder. Crowder's playing good D. I'm, I'm not a Crowder fan. But like he's a winner, man. Like he does win. Comes out of the Heat last year, takes that. He, he doesn't take them there, but he's a great like sixth man, the defender. He's a good role, three player. point shooter, really good role player. I like I, I like Phoenix a lot. I like Phoenix too, um, especially with Kawhi being out. I think at full strength, I think this could definitely, like I said, be a seven game brawl. Um, as it stands, with both superstars out, um, I like I like the Suns. If Kawhi comes back, I think the Clippers win the championship. I really do. Wow. If Kawhi doesn't come back, I think Phoenix wins this series in six. Um, see what you want about Paul George and a lot of slack against him, but he just brought the Clippers to the conference finals for the first time in the history. Chris, man. Chris Paul didn't do that. Fucking Blake Griffin didn't do that. Yeah. You know, like Kawhi didn't do that last year. Like playoff P did that shit by himself and he took over. So like give him credit. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. give him credit for this. So, mm-hmm. but if he doesn't come back, I, I, I don't see them winning. I don't. But if Kawhi's in there and he only misses, you know, he's going to miss game two. But if he only misses three games and they can go 2 1, then. If they could they sneak can have a, a chance. I if they that. sneak a game out without Kawhi in the lineup, he comes back. I agree with that. And they, they almost won game one. Yeah, no. It was a close but game to like the end. Like you guys said, no Chris Paul as well. So no, that's they're huge. both yeah. missing the best players on each side of the uh, of the court. So that's kind of it's kind of brutal and for a matchup. Just call Devin Booker the next Kobe. Yeah, but I mean, he's Chris Paul's still better. I know that's just crazy. Devin Booker's like twenty five years old. I'm not. I like. We talked about this literally yesterday. I think he's a very good player. Like people are like blowing him up like he is the next Kobe. He's been but he's been doing this crazy. on a shitty Suns team for 5 years. I know it's just crazy. 
But we'll has see. he not? We'll like, see. the fool has an 80-point game or a 70-point game or something already in his career. True. True. And he's been playing with nobodies. They finally have gotten the picks and then acquired the veteran presence in Crowder and Paul to get him over the edge. Mm-hmm. This is all for Booker. Booker's been grinding for five years. This is Booker's time. We'll see. Okay. Is it Booker's time? Or let's go to the Eastern Conference. Okay. The Greek Freak. Yeah. Is it his time? I think this is it. I I finally think this is it. Like when the, get a ring, get a chip, it's like chip. all the way. Wow. Bucks, Suns, Bucks. That's yes. What you're saying. Wow. I, I think this is absolutely has to be because given I the mean, way the playoffs have laid out, it's almost like tailor made for him. How do we see this yeah. series going with the Bucks and the Hawks? I think the Hawks are a little banged up, but I think they give them a run for their money. You have to say that after they just beat the number one seed, right? So Atlanta's good. Like, They're good. They're they, a good you got to put the respect on it. The, Trey Young is a superstar, but Chris Middleton and Yanis are not going to lose this series. I don't think so. I feel the same way I you do for the Bucks for the Clippers. Like it's lining up. Like LeBron gets bounced early. Yeah. You know what I mean? They finally get over the hump to get to the like conference finals. Like if Kawhi's healthy, I think it's his year. But going back to this series. I like the Bucks, and it feels like kind of the Bucks thing, but it's like how many times are we gonna pick against Atlanta and be wrong? That's what I was literally about to say. I like, said the same thing about the Fal or the Falcons, Falcons. the Hawks, <laughs> the Hawks against the Sixers. So it's it's well, tough. I really thought the Hawks were gonna beat them in six. I mean, Sixers took them to seven. I kind of felt the the Embiid injury lingering way too much. So I I kind of felt like the Hawks. I said that the Hawks were nice. I thought they were gonna beat the Sixers, but. This Bucks team is nah. Who do you got, Kmore? Bucks. I got Bucks. the Bucks, but again, it's the Hawks have been tough. Good for them for fighting it out to here, but I got Bucks and five, maybe six. I'm gonna take the Bucks. I mean, I, I, I mean, probably the Hawks will probably win now, but I, I just think <laughs> I think it is the Bucks' time to get to the finals, get over the hump. Yeah. So I mean, we'll see. I'm excited to see both these series. I am excited to see both of them. So we'll obviously preview the finals. When we get to there, yep. next time we're in studio, the finals will be going on. So we might be middle of it, but let's for one one word for the value of sport gambling with these four teams left. Odds came out, right? Who are you taking for the odds? I'm taking Clippers plus eight hundred. That that's I mean, a great value. That yeah. that's really good. Value. If you think Kawhi's gonna come back, yeah, true. I mean. Like I said, I think something's wrong with them, so like I wouldn't. But plus eight hundred Clippers with these teams left, I think that that's the bet to make at least. I mean, because Suns plus what what are they one forty? That's tough. And then Bucks obviously the favorite at plus one hundred. We put it on. We put the odds on our Instagram on our story today, so check that out and give us your picks. Okay, Morgan, who do you have with those odds? I mean, with those odds, yeah, I think the. The uh, degenerate within me is saying Clippers at plus eight hundred in comparison to one forty and one hundred. It's like, come on, yeah, yeah, it's a huge, huge difference. No, that's great. I'll take that plus eight hundred. Um, as far as like practicality, it's tough because, like I said, like you said, it's like I could easily see the Clippers winning, winning this series, and Suns at one forty. That's not a great play, in my opinion. Same with Bucks at plus one hundred. That's even money. Even money, I mean, with Giannis, who I still don't think is a can't doesn't have a jump shot. It's tough. He's, he's fine. It's tough. Um, Degenerate to me plus plus one eleven or 
1100 for the Hawks. A little sprinkle there. Why not? Sprinkle, sprinkle that. Why not? Yeah. I mean, I like, obviously, like the Clippers. That's been my. Yeah. I, I think they're going to win it. So, um, yeah. So that, that's kind of our preview for the NBA Finals, NBA Conference Finals. Um, I'm interested in watching basketball. You know, this is, like I said, we get into it this time of year and it's good. You know, no football going on right now. Baseball is in the lull right before the All Star break. No college yet. So dive into some NBA. There's some money to be won there. So that's our NBA uh, preview and look forward to the finals with that. Um, now we got to get into some UFC talk. We've had a couple fights since we've last been in studio. We had a pay per view. Um, that we were unable to break down. We, we previewed it for you guys. Um, and then we had a fight night this past week. So I'm going to let Kay Moore kind of take over the UFC talk and get us into what his thoughts were on the big topics we kind of missed. Yeah, so like I said, huge pay-per-view that we just um, – we broke it down last before. Um, last podcast was Adesanya Vittori 2 as well as Figueredo Moreno 2. Um, both rematches, both um, – First one split decision between Adesanya and Vittori. This one, um, the second one went to a draw. So um, a lot of bad blood in one of the matches. And then one just uh, 2020 uh, potential fight of the year candidate. But let's get into it. Adesanya ends up winning over Vittori via unanimous decision. Um, I think this was like kind of, I think CY said on the last podcast, but um, y'all must have forgot, right? Yeah. Adesanya, yeah. I think a lot of people, there's a lot of skepticism coming in based off his last performance against Blockowitz, But... Again, he was fighting at 205, not his true weight class from a guy that is way more physical. This one, um, Vittori, very physical, but Adesanya's takedown defense looked damn good. But that's a, that, that was my whole point going into it. It was, it's a different physical. Yeah. Like, it's a much, like, Vittori probably looked like a little boy compared to how big Blankowitz was. Well, he was huge. He, I mean, we were looking at it. He weighs in at, like, 210 day of fight they say like 205 he's a big he's a big dude dude. but blockwoods weighs into like 220 yeah (laughs) like like, at least 25 at least yeah Yeah. like blockwoods was a whole different size it's a it's a physicality yeah right like it's it's not even the strength it's like the wide boy body that blockwoods brings at that 205 if vittori wasn't such a bitch after the fight i would give him respect he's always been a bitch but especially with adesanya yeah but i mean he ate a lot of punches he lasted five rounds. I I, mean, I thought he was going to get finished. 30 seconds into this fight, I knew it was over. Like, yeah. every punch that Vittori threw, like, Stylebender knew it was – like, it was almost like he knew it was coming before he was even thrown. Mm-hmm. Like, he was just 10 steps ahead of him, I felt like. Well, yeah, especially on the feet. But, yeah, yeah, right, um, right. There were some contested takedowns. I think, I think Vittori ended up successfully completing, like, one or two. Yeah. But in comparison, he shot about 15. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So No, he took him down the first. Yeah, so the takedown defense for Adesanya held up beautifully. I mean, you could tell he grinded that. People, you know, said, oh, the recipe to beat him is out there. But Tori used that recipe, and it didn't work. Not in that weight class. There is no recipe in that weight class. I, I mean, we'll, actually, see, we'll see the next fight. We'll see the next fight. We're, We're going to get into that. that but, but, I mean, as far as as far as the division goes, I mean, Adesanya fights him to decision. Like you said, I give credit to Vittori. I mean, he went five rounds with him. I definitely do think that he is a top five guy in that middleweight division. Like he's top top yeah, but three stop, to four or five. Stop thinking you won. What? No, what he didn't. Why does he? In what world did he think he won? He's brain dead. You know, it, it's he's brain dead. It's like the Colby Covington effect. You know, you you talk enough, maybe that'll that'll get you the the next fight. 
you know what I mean? You keep going. This one was this one was so cut and dry that it, was. it doesn't it doesn't even make sense. It wasn't even close. Usman Covington, close. I think, is a different story because that one was you know yeah two, that's different. Two two going into the fifth. That one was actually a close fight. This one was not a close fight. Every judge, I believe, had it 50-45. If not, maybe one round of Vittoria yeah. in round yeah. two, maybe. But other than that, it was a very, very dominant performance. Um, but Vittoria is 27 years old. He's still yeah. young. He's way younger than Adesanya. I think he was 32. So I could definitely see Vittoria still being a very big factor in this division moving if, forward. If Vittoria goes and wins you know, then his next two fights, they're going to have to make it again. But I just don't think he has any shot. You know what I mean? He's kind of like that threshold in the middleweight. Like, a lot of dudes, if they want to go fight Israel, they got to go beat Vittori. So, this is like, he's now the gatekeeper litmus he, he, test. I think he's the gatekeeper. Uh, that's tough. Uh, well, especially because they've already done it twice. Yes. They've already done it twice. It's he difficult I don't think to he'll... book a third one when the first one, the, the last one was so dominant, in my yeah. opinion. Like, yeah, that fight, That fight was not close. It really wasn't, which is, you know, it, it wasn't unfortunate because, you know, it, it was still a great performance by Adesanya. Right, it's not like it was like a snooze fest. He pieced him up. He did what he had to do. He's the champion. He took his belt. Good takedown defense. He had a great fight. Yeah, absolutely. That was my thing with Adesanya is like the greats, they don't lose two in a row Mm -hmm. unless they're done. That's how I feel like I know a guy's done. Was like that was like we talked about last time with the Ferguson thing. Is like the guys who are still in their prime, they can slip up and it's gonna happen. They're gonna lose a fight, but those fuckers bounce back and the great ones bounce back and they they're impressive in that next fight. Mm That's what Asanya was. He was impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was a good showing out of him. I, I felt the whole time, like, that's where he belongs in that weight class. And Absolutely. He felt like no one can challenge him in that weight class, so that's why he went up. And I, we respect guys who do that, right? We respect guys who challenge themselves to go take on another challenge. Yeah, that's fair. I just think I think he did lose a little bit of that shine doing so. Yeah, I agree. Um, I definitely I agree. Still he lost the the pound for pound for sure. Oh yeah, he. I mean, he's still like four or five. You know, I, but he was I, like, I he had was him like too. I he had was. him two behind um, Bones and Usman probably. Bones. So I mean, the shine is getting back, right? He beats Vittori very convincingly in a one that had a lot of bad blood, a lot of shit talking. He wins the fight, and then he calls out Robert Whitaker. I mean, he's the obvious number one to fight next. Says he wants him in Australia this time. In, um, is it Marvel Stadium? Yeah. Uh, in Auckland or one of the two. But mm-hmm. that's a huge fight. I mean, Whitaker, since he lost the belt to Adesanya, has gone on a three-fight winning streak. Cannoneer, um, Gastelum, and Darren Till, all very convincing wins. He looks fantastic. He's, he's ready. I think this is the time. Yeah, he's ready. And I know Kay Moore is super excited about this. He loves Whitaker. Love him. He's a big Whitaker guy. I don't know how you don't love Whitaker just as a human being and family man. Like, yeah. You know, as a fighter. And also a fucking fighter. Yeah. He, the dude is, I think what Whitaker can bring to the table against Adesanya is just so much more athleticism. Like he has a very strong mix of athleticism and physicality that I think could potentially touch Adesanya. Right. Vittoria was physical, but he's not very athletic to where he's going to get a single leg, trip him up, take him down. Right. There's a different, there's another level of like flexibility and strength that I think Whitaker definitely has a better chance of working those takedowns, getting those head kicks in and working on Asanya a little bit more, make, giving him a little bit more of a challenge, I think. I would agree with the challenge part. Maybe give him a little more to think about, mm-hmm. a little more to game plan against, a little bit different training for him. But at the same guy, like to me, Whitaker in that division is just the best of the rest. Like they're all kind of the same kind of guy. Like, he's just like, like you said, just a little more athletic Vittori. Whereas 
Adesanya is so much different and so much better than that whole weight class. I just don't see him losing. Like, yeah. I don't see him losing to Whitaker. And obviously, we're going to break it down when we get to that fight. But Right. We're not there yet, obviously. I mean, it's going to it's gonna happen. Dana said it's happening. I mean, I Regardless, res- it's a great him. matchup. Yeah. I respect it's, him for calling him out, too. It's, it's the best yeah. matchup to make now at this point. I think now Adesanya, he's, he's cleared the division. Yeah. As far as he's beaten Whitaker already in the first one. He beat Yoel Romero. He beat Vittori. He beat Paulo Costa. Now it's the championship tour. All right, you're on the GSP. Can you do it again now? Yeah. Right. You've already beat Matt Sarah. Can you beat him again? You already beat Matt Hughes. Can you beat him again? You know what I mean? He's on that tour now, so yeah. um, it's gonna be tough. This is how you become a goat. Yeah. This is how you become the goat of the middleweight division. He beats Whitaker again. He goes and beats Acosta again. You make the division boring. That's what you do. Yeah. That's what the goats do. They you, make yeah. the division. But then and then you fight Till and then you fight Cannoneer. You beat the guys that you haven't beat and you just ha- you just you don't say fuck it. I've beaten everybody else. You wait for some. You wait for someone to fire up there. Do we think he learned his lesson about going up, or do you think he'll do it again? No, he won't do it again. Ugh, that's that's tough. Um, it would take a while. I think he's gonna have to clear out this division. Yeah. Before he like really thinks about that again. I don't. I don't think it's never say never. Of course, but like he made he hit the championship weight at one eighty three on this last weigh in. Yeah, he makes one eighty five. No, no problem. problem. No problem. So I don't think that this like he wouldn't. He could never go to one seventy, but like he could probably do one seventy five. Like I think he's that thin, and he could he could he could cut some weight. Like well, he's not super physical for the will, middleweight division. Will you ever see the the homies fight Usman and never? No, they won't do it. They don't want it. They don't want it. That that's a shame. That's a shame. And, yeah, I'm, I think, I'm, I'll keep them where they're at and let them just clean out their division. Let them clean out the divisions because Usman's going to go on his you know same same tour, yeah, same victory tour coming up. We talk about him a lot, so we'll wait for him to get his uh, fight announced. But the other one, Brandon Moreno submits Devinson Figueredo. Holy Crazy. shit! Holy shit! We were all in Figueredo. Uh, we all watched the first fight. It was a fantastic scrap to a draw. Um, we were all in Figueredo. I think we all kind of thought that the weight cut on the last one, um, three weeks in between a fight for him. He's a company man. He went for it. And we could tell that there was just some lingering issues in that fight. This one, he has a full fight camp, full time to prepare. And I know I've talked to you guys about this, but he looked flat. He looked flat. He did not look good. I will state, when we're watching the fight, he walked out about 30 seconds into his walkout. Kevin goes, he doesn't look right. Immediately, yeah. K. Moore goes, nah, doesn't look right. I might hammer yeah. like, I might hammer Marino right now. He, he he actually texted me the same thing. Yeah, and it's just he looked more fucked up from the weight cut this time around than when he spent the night in the hospital the last yeah. time. Yeah, and I mean, me and K. Moore have kind of talked off air about this. It's just the weight cut is too much. Like, what was the thing I I showed you guys today? It was like. He cut 18%, which is like equivalent to cutting off a leg. Like, yeah. it's just not a healthy cut. And he, yeah. and some guys, you know, we've talked to wrestlers. We've talked to guys who cut weight. Like, there's healthy weight cuts and there's not healthy weight cuts. And it's obviously not a healthy weight cut. And I understand why he's doing it with the fact that he's been so dominant in that division. But it's just catching up to him by doing it so much. I think I 100% blame this on the weight cut. And I don't want to take anything from Moreno because he yeah, got – we can't. That kid guy can fight. can fight. The kid can fight. And the kid has – the most heart I've maybe ever seen in that division. Like, or maybe in the UFC. Like, that kid has fucking heart. And he's been working his ass off he, to get to this point. He wanted that bad. You could tell during the fight. And he looked better than the fight before. And, that, and that's that's what you do. You're like, hey, 
I was bad in this aspect of the fight. We went, you know, five rounds or whatever, and I felt like I could do this better. And then he went and did it better. And I love that. Anytime you go and you watch film on yourself, you're like, okay, if I if I switch this up, I, I have a real shot. And I, he did it. He, he was amazing. Yeah. He was amazing. I think one of the big... I don't want to take away from anything because of the wake-up because yeah. Moreno was amazing. No, he was. I think one of the big things for Moreno, I think he had an extra level of confidence in this fight knowing that he was in there already with five rounds with the champ, knowing that I took his power. We, you know, we rolled on the floor for a little bit. I'm, I'm up to par with that. I can take his biggest shot. And if I work my game in, I can get this done. And he, he grinded, he improved. He got so much better. And fucking Brandon Moreno is your flyweight champion. It's, it's unbelievable. It's awesome. Um, just a great, humble person too. Yeah. Just like listening to his interviews and, you know, a guy, first Mexican-born champion. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, the USC has not had, like, a full Spanish-speaking champion. Really? Yeah. I did not know like that. Like that. So, think about it. You know, a lot of Russian. A lot of Brazilians, uh, A lot of though. Brazilian, Portuguese. Yes, Portuguese. Portuguese. That's right. So, you have an actual, you know, Mexican champion, which is awesome. He had Cain Velasquez, but he's from Arizona. Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't speak Spanish. So, this is, like, full-blown you know hispanic champion which is awesome for the All UFC. Right, mexico i think yeah, yeah. i think up, this mexico. is i think this is like i think brandon moreno could be the next star wow. for the ufc well he's just a great dude and i think it's it's kind of nice to see that you know what i mean you yeah. kind of have a lot of people always and talking he, he isn't his he's the entire country behind him oh yeah which yeah, i love, I love the, that they, they did a mural overnight in yeah. tj which wow. is fucking awesome you see that was cool that's legit. and just like anytime you see a a fighter come out that's fighting at a TJ. Awesome. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, I don't yeah. know why that was so cool. <laughs> that was tight. I had a Tijuana in Mexico. I was like, that's fucking tight. Really quick. How good of a place is UFC in right now? Oh, the like, best. It's just in a, I think, such a good, yeah. like, it's such a good balance of, like, guys up and coming, plus you have your veterans that are just superstars. Like, Dana White, we already mentioned it, killed it during quarantine, and they're just keeping it rolling, man. They're They're on a good path, and I'm just appreciative of what we get to see week in and week out. It's pretty much every week. Like, who's fine? Yeah. So almost even fine nights. Well, even like you just go into a random party. Obviously, we're a little bit more, you could say, quote unquote, hardcore fans of MMA. We watch every single fight night. But you go to a random party and you talk to a random guy about, you know, whatever. And they're watching UFC too. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they're like, oh, yeah, I just got into it over 2020 because of. Why not? You know, why not? the only thing you can and, watch. And now they're watching it. And now they're buying pay-per-views. And now they're, you know, I mean, UFC is grabbing those fans, which I think is fucking huge. So. Another another great shout out, CY, but Brandon Moreno, man, I mean, you could just tell that work ethic, man, just pushed him through this training camp, and I love to see it. So, um, what's next for him? What's next for him? Um, Askar Askarov and Alex Perez are going to fight next. They're number one and two contenders yeah. at, at this point. Or When's two that fight? Uh, August, I want to say. It's a little bit out, August, September, if I were to make a guess right now. Um, Askar Askarov and Brandon Moreno already fought a couple months back, or about a year probably now, um, to a draw. So Ooh. there's another, you know, pretty big build for the UFC to kind of build off that. You know, yeah. he's already on a draw win tour with Figueredo. Now I can do that against Askar Askarov, who just came off a really big win against uh, Joseph Benavidez back in March, I want to say. Unanimous decision, 30-27, no problem. So um, that, that's going to be a really good fight. I think there's, you know, those three guys at the top of the division right now. Um, Brandon Roy Val is pretty good, too. He dislocated his arm against Moreno, so we were kind of robbed against that fight. Um so that that's what's next after I think we probably see Figueredo Moreno 3. I think you got to. 
Um, it's one, not. One. It's not even because I think we have to. He he deserves it. He fought four times for the belt in 2020. Yeah, Figueredo. He he's earned it. He's earned his yeah. rematch, I think. And I definitely think if he puts his mind to it, understands that he can't. Because they were saying he was cutting weight from 165. That's crazy. Like 155 in fight camp down to 125. Why didn't he like, just go up? That's crazy. I think he will eventually, but I think if we he get really, round three, he needs to put his mind to it and say, you know what, I need to, I need to fight around one forty-five. Strictly watch what I eat, get my body in shape for one twenty-five to make that cut to where I'm not, you know, a little loopy going into that cage because yeah. he was, yeah, you, you would see yeah. it in his eyes. I think he was, he didn't even look there. He didn't even look there. He was not yeah. there. So, um, but I do think that there's a lot of fights for him to make it one thirty-five. Let's just say that he does decide and say this is not for me anymore. Cause he even said it himself afterward. He said, this is, it's not a secret. This is a tough weight cut for me. And he said he wanted to go up and fight, you know, Garbrandt who might come down, but now they want to go up. So I could hundred percent see him going up to 135. and he's got a lot of tough, ma- he's a tough matchup. God, for anybody. These dudes are little. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so those were some great fights in that one. And then we got um, Leon Edwards, Nate Diaz. This was a fan favorite five round fight. Um, at the end of the day, Leon Edwards for, Four minutes and probably 45 seconds of that fight. Or, sorry, not four minutes. 24, 24 minutes and yeah. uh, 45 seconds of that fight. Thoroughly dominated. Yeah, he dominated beat, he beat the shit out of So, um, for those of you watching, I'm sure you saw the highlights, but Diaz clipped him. Diaz clipped him with 15 seconds to go, then decided to point at him. Yeah. Which was brutal because before the fight, me and Kevin go throw yeah. a hundred spot. On a plus twelve hundred, plus fifteen hundred, TKO DS. Just, just wow. for the chip, just because. Yeah, I mean, Edwards was minus five fifty. You and I were like, I mean, yeah, we're not gonna. That's bet not that. bettable. Yeah. We're not gonna do that. Let's. Let, I mean, if Diaz wins, it's gonna be by TKO late. So we're thinking a uh, round prop or just TKO. Let's go TKO plus fifteen hundred. Yeah, sure. It almost happened. Yeah, it almost happened. Our if he faces, didn't stop and point, he just just kind of went in. He might have like sealed one of the greatest. Greatest fights of all time. The guy got his ass beat for 24 really minutes. Yeah. And classic Diaz fashion, he took some fucking bombs. That's fucking every time. Edwards. Every time. Edwards, I mean. Hey, one of those elbows from the ground and pound from yeah. the, uh, from the half guard. The side of his head. Sliced the side of his head. I was like, dude. That reminded me of like a, when BJ Penn just Diego Sanchez just crushed him. Yeah. I mean, overall, like I said, Edwards gets it done. Diaz has one big highlight at the end. Um. Edwards looked really good in this fight. That's he not did. discredit like how That's well not, he looked. But here's the problem with Edwards now. The big question is, does he deserve a title shot now, right? My thing with this fight is, one, he didn't put Diaz away. No one does. No so, one does. No but one it's does. tough. Diaz Except is not. Mas- Masvidal. But Diaz is not, ugh, technically, Dr. Stoppage. But Diaz is not like a ranked welterweight. He's not. And I wouldn't even consider him a top five welterweight. Like I don't know, he doesn't. I agree. He no, he's not. At all. He's not. So like this win doesn't. It was a Edward. money. It was a money move for Edwards. It's a, it mo- it's a name. It's a marquee fight, but it doesn't mean that. Like that didn't. So prove you to know me what to make. That Edwards was that great of a fighter. I think the Masvidal Edwards fights makes so much it does. sense, but I don't know if Edwards will take it. I but really don't. You have to, to. no, because I think Masvidal is like a one step better than Diaz, obviously. But it's the same type of fight. Like, I don't know if Masvidal's top five in that division either. But Masvidal has literally had two title shots in the last That's year That's a good and a half. point. That's a good point. They've he's given a, him two title shots. He's yeah. a huge name. He went on a big rampage. And he's still top the, five yeah. in the ranking. 
Like, I think that fight makes sense for Edwards. It's a good money fight. And I do think Edwards technically is better than Masvidal. If it's down. not Masvidal, who is it in the top five? Then he has, he has if to If it's not Masvidal, he's going to wait for the for the title after Usman really? Covington. I don't think he will take another fight. I don't. don't. But and, he, he's going to have to wait, you know, and 10 I months. And I don't think he would even take Masvidal unless it was a big payday. But I don't – what Dana doesn't want is Usman to win and Masvidal to win those two fights. And then it's like they're not going to fight again. Masvidal and Usman. Yeah. No, then the winner of Luque and uh, Chiesa would fight for the belt. Yeah. And that's a fucking great fight, by the way. Luque, Chiesa. Chiesa coming off a win against uh, Neil Magny. Yeah. Um, Luke Gage just knocked out Tyron Woodley. He looks great. But That's if Dana's good, confident good that Leon could go and beat Masvidal, he makes he, ha- he has a story for oh, yeah. Us- if, say, Usman beats Covington, he goes, you, you put the them on the same card. Up. You put that on the same card. You same. go Usman, Covington, too. Ton of shit talking. Yeah. And you also have Masvidal, Masvidal and Edwards Ooh. all on the same stage. A, that is a, a massive. A big October card. That'd be huge. I'm, I'm for it. I mean, I actually like... Leon, but I don't know if he's there's it's title it's levels. Yeah, I don't it's know if levels. he's title shot contender worthy. It's tough. Like I, like we said before, I think it's Usman Covington, you know, one and two, and then I think Edwards is three. But again, it, there's space between. But two and Edwards three. has looked good his last few times out, man. But it's not against it's not against Covington. No, I it's not I, against I, Burns. It's not against Wonder Boy. But it's against, give him you know, Burns. But you can only Burns control who you're fighting, right? And he's done well in those situations. Any incredible Burns and Wonder Boy are scheduled. Wonder Boy and Gilbert Burns win. Oh, on the McGregor card. Oh, it's coming soon. I love that. Yeah, two weeks. And one of those dudes is not going to let like Leon pass him up if they have a big win. Yeah, that's, so that's that, that's where. Thing. That's well, like you thing. said, there's Wonder Boys on a on a win streak yeah. right now too. So, like you said, after Covington, we got a mix of like five six fighters, and no one's gonna let each other step on that title shot. Usman's down though. Usman will fight them all. He Usman's will. down as fuck. Usman will fight them all. He, he, he is active Usman. as hell, which I do love as a UFC fighter. He is super. He said active. he wanted to be active, and he's already fight twice. That's and not only sweet. active, he's like doing shit. He wants to do like knock the fuck out of Masvidal out instead of just wrestling him to the ground. Yeah, dude. Brutal knockout. Yeah. Brutal knockout. It, it's a it's a very stacked welterweight division. It's almost. I it's, love that division. It's, a, it's very similar to lightweight division. It's not there, at, but it's close. But there's like I said. I mean the Wonder the talent is there. Gilbert I don't know Burns. if that the name is there. The depth is there. Yeah, the, that's what the I'm saying. Depth. Yeah, it's like, not the same level of depth. Luke Chiesa are like four and five or five and six, and like their potential title shots too. Like that's a number one contender fight itself. Like there's a ton of guys it in that de- division. It depends on how Dana wants to. Spin this Leon because I he, I get if he gives a Masvidal Masvidal wins, Dana's in a really shitty position. So I don't know if that fight happens. I agree with Cody there because but then Masvidal becomes the gatekeeper. Like just he has to be. fights everyone. He that. just fights. Yeah, you have to fight Masvidal to get to the belt. So then but like, I feel like <laughs> if Covington loses, you got to fight Covington to get to the belt. I like Masvidal Covington. Masvidal Covington. You Covington, can't skip Covington. Covington. Would eat him alive. Oh, he would eat him alive. You you can't skip Covington. No, he gave. Usman, a give him a war. A war. He did. And we're going to see it again. I can't wait. We're I can't gonna, fucking we'll, wait. Yeah. It's going to be off. That fight's not even booked yet, guys. Let's let's. Well, move on. I mean, that's what's um, happening. It's got to happen. One thing that Diaz did say that I think is very impactful, and um, I just want to touch up with you guys, that he said it to Edwards, and Edwards talked about it. He said, don't let these motherfuckers tell you you ain't shit. Name your price or they'll make it for you. Now, my take on this is, I think that quote makes sense for Nate Diaz, Conor McGregor, and like Khabib Nurmagomedov. 
I don't think that quote makes a lot of sense for Leon Edwards. I really don't. I think he doesn't have the fan backing. He doesn't. He doesn't have the fan backing. Like Diaz lost the fight. He's lost his last two pretty convincingly. And they love, and they people, love him. People love him. They love him. And they, and DNA will still pay him more money than he probably paid Devinson Figueredo on this last yeah. card to see him fight again coming up. You you have to build your brand. Yes. And so I, I love the quote, but you can't go demanding that until no. you – you're there. Yeah. You know I, what I mean, I agree to it to an extent that, like, you guys are right. Like, there's certain levels, but like, those guys weren't those guys always. They, you know, what I mean, and if Dana values Leon Edwards, like, we kind of value him, where we think he can be a dude. I mean, I don't know if we'll ever. It, I guess we don't value him as much as Diaz is saying, but. I understand what Diaz is saying. I understand what he's coming from. Of course, he's helping him out from a marketing standpoint and get make you know get paid is what he's telling him to do. Get paid, get into it, get. But he has to get into a situation to where he can make those demands. Leon Edwards has to you know win the belt or go into a war and do something fucking spectacular. See, I don't necessarily like agree to, with that because what does he have to do then? I think Leon right now, well, no question about it. This is the hottest he's ever been. Right, so he yeah, can ask for more. It's because of who he fought. Yeah. And that's what Diaz is saying. No, I, I, I get that, but like, he's also been pretty fucking good last year and a half. He's like, on a nine-fight win streak. He is. No, like, he's, if he's Nate Diaz good. was any smart, he wouldn't, take, he wouldn't have taken that fight. He knew he was going to get his ass kicked. Yeah. So, what, but Nate Diaz got offered a ton of money. Of course. Of course and he I mean, did. Diaz pulled so that's, good... that's why he's going to go get his ass kicked for five rounds. Yeah. Because he demands that. And, again, and I think that's what he's saying. And that's saying. why he's saying it to Leon because Leon's on a nine-fight win streak. He's close to getting that title shot, and he's as hot as he's ever been. Like, Diaz is saying, don't just jump just because it might be a title shot or a big name. Like, know your fucking value. Know your worth because, you know, Leon Edwards drops one fight. He's bottom of the totem pole. Yeah. So, he, go get your money right now when you're hot is what he's basically saying, I think. He okay. is, but again, I, I think, like, that's a McGregor, Khabib. Adesanya, guys like that. John Jones is doing that right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Those guys can make those demands. I don't think Leon Edwards is in that position present day. It could be in the future. You know what? He could fight fucking Conor McGregor if he wants to go up, and that's where you make your money. He for, for sure could. He definitely could. You never know with fucking McGregor. But anyway, it was just an interesting quote. I think it's a great business. I think Nate Diaz has definitely um, propelled his fucking his, – his wallet, his paycheck, everything. I mean, the guy has just done a great yeah. job promoting and I, himself. And – to add a little bit to that, I think these fucking dumbass celebrity YouTube boxing matches are not helping the UFC. The, the Dana's case as far as fighter pay. I don't know. Oh, for I mean, fighter pay, it's yeah, not helping at all. Yeah, it's not helping at all. And I, I think we're going to start seeing this a lot more, like what Diaz says from, you know, big names and stuff like that. Because, yeah. like, Woodley, like, Dana said it in his interview. He's f- damn near 40. He's on a three-fight three, three losing streak, and he's going into a boxing match. He's going to go get a grip of money. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. So these fighters are going to start seeing that instead of a legacy standpoint, a money standpoint. And I think it's not helping the UFC. Yeah, there's some guy. But like, it, it makes sense for Woodley. Past his prime, he's never going to find the UFC again. Make that money, fine, be done. Guys like Usman, um, Poirier, Holloway, those guys, those guys want it for the legacy. And you have to respect that in its own right. But at the end of the day, good for Woodley. Um, I would say it is also it's somewhat helping the fan base of fighting in a way because I think it's getting 
like I, like we talked about before, UFC grabbing those fans that never watched UFC, it's getting a little bit more attention from them. I, I, I would argue, I like the younger generation, boxing, boxing fans as well. Boxing, the younger generation, the guys that maybe follow the Paul brothers a little bit more than anyone else does. I fucking hate it. <laughs> well, yeah, no, it's. I mean, I'm not watching those fights. I haven't bought uh, yeah. a single one, but I will never buy those fights. No. But anyway, let's talk about some of the betting perspective from UFC. Um, overall, I sent out some picks for you guys. I think it went like 9-4 and four or something like that. So um, obviously, I didn't bet every single fight. Those were just kind of my picks for the card. Um, as far from a betting perspective, we did a fantastic job. Um, no one saw Jamal Hill getting his arm snapped. Holy fuck, that was gross. <sighs> that was brutal. Unbelievable. Well, it was tight as they partied that night together. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, they, they had a bunch of bad blood going into that fight. Hey, Craig looked good. Craig looked strong. Yeah, he looked really good. I mean, wow, that was gross. I hate that guy too. Yeah, he's whatever. Uh, they're, they're honestly, like I said, going into that fight, I don't think either of them. Like a lot of people think Jamal Hill has a high ceiling. I'm not one of them. Um, not after his arm getting fucking snapped. Yeah, I think he's, he's got dangling, a dangling. Dang. Referee just, just getting beat too. He's just getting smacked in the face. Anyway, so that was interesting. <laughs> um, but it was a, it was a good night of betting. Like I said, I'm thinking about potentially putting my actual bets on the UFC pit or not on our. Instagram page just to see, but I had one massive parlay that busted with Devinson Figueroa. But I just picked my top seven fights that I like to win straight up. I had Adesanya, um, Eric Anders, uh, Steven Peterson, Brad Riddell, Mavzar Evloev, Muhammad, and Devinson Figueroa. Six for seven, blew it up with Devinson Figueroa, who I was pretty confident going into that yeah. fight. Yeah, it's been a big payday. Blew up that payday in that parlay, but still a good overall. Uh, but. Day of betting. We have Vegas this weekend, and we get some more fights. This we weekend. do, but before we move on, Brad Riddell, Drew Dober was an fucking war, a war, unbelievable fight, war. Like I can't move on without talking about that fight. They that took fight was insane. Bombs from each both other, of each other, both of them. Yeah, holy, that was God. fight of the night. Yeah, fight of the night. I give both fighters a lot of respect. Like you just don't eat those kind of punches. No, and you have to be different for that kind of both shit. Both those guys, I think Dober was 15, uh, Riddell's like kind of like right in that range, 15 to 20 range. Riddell will be ranked after that fight. You can't not rank that guy. But it was I mean, they're both strikers, but it was a pretty well-rounded performance by both of them too. Like Rid- as far as yeah, Rid- rolling on the mat, it was Riddell landed strong. landed more. But I felt like early in that fight, he took some shots yeah. and then survived it and I was like, oh, "Okay, now he's now he's going to go win. He he survived, I think, the onslaught in the first round mm-hmm. and then gave his own the rest of the fight. He was he was really good. Like, there were fans, and you could hear the popping still. Like, it was a fucking – they were throwing bombs. Some yeah. big dudes, too. So, that was awesome. I had Riddell. I had Riddell. I really like Riddell's technique. I think he's a problem for a lot of people in the lightweight division. Um, but last one that we do want to talk about um, that we just we just had the fight night this last weekend, Korean Zombie and Dan Ige. Um Two guys that um, we both love, both of them on the podcast. Um, zombie wins via decision. I don't know if you guys watched the fight, but I was very, very surprised with not exactly that Zombie won, but just how he won. I mean, four of those five rounds he won from his wrestling and jujitsu. Very, very impressive. Like from a guy that we all know for his power, his boxing, and Dan Ige going in, I thought was going to be the one kind of controlling and shooting takedowns and things like that. And it was the zombie doing it. Yeah. So very, very impressive performance. Zo- uh, zombie looked stronger. Yeah. I think he I looked he looked more athletic. He looked stronger. I thought going into it, he might be a slight favorite in this fight, Zombie, just because I know he had a he had a like a hiccup going into it his last fight. 
he got he got rocked. He got fucking. So I think that was the case. Is he yeah. got rocked in like the first round with an el- spinning elbow? Yeah, and he kept saying like he just he felt like he wasn't there the rest of the fight from that. And he was he was hot going into that fight. Oh like, yeah, he, he was, was coming off knockouts. Yeah, he was. So I think people kind of played into that, and Ige looked really good off his last fight. Yeah. So. But Ige, I just think he's kind of maxed out at like what as good as he can be. Where Zombie can kind of take that shit to another level. Yeah, and no, he has. I'm, I'm with I'm with him completely. I think Zombie could go and beat higher ranking guys. Where Ige is done. Very talented. I don't think Ige is done, but Ige but is who he is. He's that he's that level right there, though. Ige is, is who he is. He's that level right there. This was a top five fighter in Korean Zombie, and Ige proved he's a five through ten. Fighter. That's what he is, and that's okay. There's nothing great, wrong with dude. That. He could keep grinding and prove me wrong, and I would be fucking fired up because I love Dan Ige and I love him as I a love fighter. His interviews, you know, he's fights with a chip on his shoulder. I love that. But Korean Zombie, he still has it. He's, yeah. he's contemplated retirement. He's been very open about that. But the guy put on a great performance, like five rounds, cardio held up, his wrestling held up. I love Fight Night. I just wanted oh, to just say that. We got another one this weekend, dude, and we'll be in Vegas for it. So You got to give me Zombie and Cater next. Ooh. Oh, fuck. That'll be a war. Give me all of that. A war. That'll be a war. That's a good call. Mm-hmm. Shout out that. Mac real quick, though. Dan Ige's guy works out his facility. Yeah. Big Ige guy. Said he's a humble guy. Real nice. So, yeah. Feel bad for Ige, but I kind of... I kind of bounce back. You know, yeah. you know Ige, man. He fights, he fights a lot. He'll fight... You know, another he'll fight in the top ten. I think he's like eight. He'll fight a you know a seven. Definite, a definite fan favorite of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, so that is our UFC talk. That is our UFC breakdown. Um, we're gonna have some more fights this weekend, and then obviously we got some bangers coming up. So we'll be breaking it down for you, uh, previewing those. Now it's time for the new segment we started last week. The top five. Um, last week, K Morg K Morg broke down his top five college. Jerseys, yeah, uniforms, uniforms, Overall uniforms. uniforms. Okay, sorry, not just jerseys, Helmets, uniforms, pants. Got it. Thank My you. bad. So every week, another guy is going to take the reins, and we don't know what the fuck the topic's about. We only know the guy who's doing it. This week it's B, and this is his top five. I'm excited for this one. Um, I have honorable mentions as well. Okay, start with those. But let me so, tell, tell me the list first, and then tell me. So the here's the list, and the list is I'm going to keep on UFC. Yeah. Uh, the list is top five greatest UFC fights Ooh, I've fights. ever watched. Fights. That's good. And so I count it for hype before the fight. I count it for, you know, favorite fighter. Overall. Just overall, like, you watch that fight and you walked away just so happy. I'm so fired up. All right. Um, I have honorable mentions as well. I think we're going to keep that going. because. Sure. I it's like, hard to do a top five. Yeah. Like, it really is. You like, created the segment. I know. I know I did, but it's still, like, but you know what? If you need to do 10, you can do 10. Yeah. Like, I'm going to say that no, as, from got, my segment. We got to keep the top we five. We got to keep five and leave, leave the couple honorable mentions. I had five honorable mentions hey, That's fine. Right, that's fine. fine. So, I, I, have, I have three honorable mentions. All right. Um, this one, not a great fight, but for the hype and what happened in this fight was good for me. True. This is Dan Henderson for Michael Bisping UFC 100. It was oh, the, first the most one. brutal, yeah, the first one, yeah, the most brutal knockout H-bomb. of all time. H bomb, <laughs> yeah, and then just absolute hammer fist from yeah. the top when Those he was already stone cold. Fucking brutal hammer fist. I love that one because one H bomb was born. Yeah. Henderson, and then Henderson's a SoCal guy. You love Henderson. I, SoCal I'm a guy. I, I, love I love Hendo, Hendo too. I love Henderson. Really, I hate Michael Bisping. So that was like really quick. So big for me. Really quick. The reason I love Hendo. Hendo fought Silva for like the third time yeah. and they fought in Cincinnati 
and Hendo won, wore orange and black uh, shorts for the Bengals. I was like, fucking love this. Of course. Who day? Almost went on a whole, whole episode. Almost. Almost went on a whole episode there. Almost. <laughs> Almost. We were so close. Uh, my next, I have Rashad Evans versus Lyoto Machida, UFC 98. Solid. Uh, I remember watching that. Uh, teenager. One of the, who did, who most, did you want going into that fight? I, I loved Lyoto Machida. Uh, he ended up finishing Evans. I'm a I loved guy. Evans. I um, loved Evans. I didn't like I didn't like Evans because Evans was beating a couple of my favorite fighters at that time. Shogun, he went through yeah. Liddell. He went yeah. through Shogun. He went through uh, Rampage. Yeah, I was like, hey, Lyoto's. I like show. I like Lyoto was that like karate kid type. Came out like, of nowhere. Yes, and he was like on a 16 and 0 streak. Like, well, who is this guy? Yeah, and he was just like head slapping that i call it i'm not head kicking head slapping dudes to sleep so uh, th- i put that on mine um this one's got to be on almost everyone's top five but it's my honorable mention is diego sanchez versus clay guida um ufc hall of fame fight yes yeah it is it was the uh finale mm-hmm. um ultimate fighter one ultimate fighter one finale I think, yeah or no, not one but it was i think it's season five or six or whatever but uh, 2009. Those guys fucking brawl. Talk about two just legends as far as like that fight, but also like two brawl brawler legends. Love that fight. It was, it was a good as fight. Hell. Bloody. Guida was getting his ass kicked early. Comes back. Great fight. Oh, oh Guida, Guida just came out and there's like for 30 seconds looked like a street fight. They're like, holy shit. And we were talking about this earlier. Is they were showing like Diaz. He's like, you know, number three in submissions all time. All these numbers. We're like. Why is it that like the grinders of the UFC are the ones with the stats? Oh, of you course I mean? they fight yeah. so much. Like Cerrone, you know, most awards, um, Zombie, most most uh, like knockouts in featherweight division. You yeah, know it's I mean? just they fight so often and so long. But it's just badass, like Clay Guida. You know what I mean? Yeah. Jim Guida's Miller been away for. Oh, been he's around still forever. going. He just beat Michael Johnson like a couple months ago. He's still going. That guy's going to fight till he's dying. Yeah, oh, I love it. Big All right, let's hear the top five. Big All right, we're Good getting into the top five. We'll go five five to one. All right. Uh, Robbie Lawler versus Roy uh, McDonald, UFC one night uh, one eighty nine, yeah, two thousand fifteen. Cy and Cy and I watched that together, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that was Chad Mendez McGregor. Yes, for the for yes, featherweight was. interim. That was at your house. That that might be my favorite fight, actually. Really, like. I, I to this day remember that fight. I remember that fight. Because, when I remember that fight. Because Lawler was at the time like I really, really liked Robbie Lawler. He was one of my favorites. He was on this like comeback train, really. Yeah, he was. Because yeah. it was he retired, came back, mm-hmm. fought Hendricks, and he got robbed. And then he beat him the second time, yeah. and then he fought McDonald and um loved that fight. I to this day the bloody faces stare down the center of the octagon. Who won, won that the, fight? I don't I, remember who won that fight. Lawler, remember Robbie? Fucking, uh McDonald's oh, nose was split right. five pieces. Oh fuck, dude! That's right. And he yeah. just like he when they're one, both, it was just like I'm, when they're both holding onto the cage, bloodied and battered, just breathing, you know, breathing heavily. Lawler, Lawler like, had a big, this uh, is split. Oh, yeah, lip. that's right. That's and this right. is five for me, just because I'm not a big fan of either fighter. Right. But as far as like one of the greatest fights I've ever watched, yes, fair enough, absolutely. All right, but I don't like either of these fighters. All right, and it made my list. Fair enough. Okay, that's important. Yeah, uh, four. Matt Hughes versus Frank Trigg, two. Yeah. UFC 52. Slam knockout? No. This was, uh, he ended up, it was the ground and pound finish. Or no, uh, rear naked choke finish by Matt Hughes. Yeah. But the iconic where he he lifts Frank up. 
Yeah. He's holding him on his and shoulder. He's holding yeah. him. That's he walks him. Yeah. Slams him in the middle. He can slam. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. You, he doesn't knock him out from that. You know Matt Hughes is one of my favorite all time. Matt, guys. Matt Hughes Love is one it. of my favorites. There's a big hype going into that fight. I remember. I was, man, I was like 14 or 15. Like I was a big Matt Hughes guy. I hated Frank Trigg. So it was like that rivalry Hughes, as well. Matt Hughes made me hate GSP. Yeah. Like, that's how much I loved Matt Hughes. Hughes. Yeah. That's how much I love Matt Hughes. And like GSP is a a loved fighter forever and that's how much I love Matt Hughes because they were coaches yeah. on the Ultimate Fighter one year Fair it's enough. just one of those iconic moments from one of your favorite yeah, fighters it was a great fight as well like, that's a biased Frank, one but it's it's up, it's in there yeah I mean and Frank held his own he he landed some shots uh, three Chuck Liddell versus Vanderlei Silva UFC 79-2008 they this fight is interesting because it's they're both past their primes yeah um but we waited so long. I mean, I watched UFC since I was a kid with my dad and stuff like that. Like, we always had the pay-per-views. We waited way too long to see the best UFC light heavyweight versus the best pride light heavyweight in that, that kind of division. And they fought past their prime, but they battled. When they final, when they this finally happened, they absolutely went to war. Chuck Liddell ended up on top. It was a great fight. I'm a huge Chuck Liddell guy. Hmm. Um, that was a war. I loved it. It made me that made me love UFC. Okay, I'm be honest. That like I was a big Matt Hughes guy, but when that light heavyweight started kicking in with the Tito Ortiz, Shamrock, Liddell, Vanderlei came over, Rampage came over. We had Shogun, Evans. That light heavyweight division was all time. So I I loved that fight, and it was a big That's like a Pride versus UFC. Two classics. Yeah, I'm with it. Um, probably not in my top as far as fights personally. Uh, two, Conor McGregor, Nate Diaz, two. Number oh, two. The war. War. See, I was, I was thinking in my head, which one of the three would it be in the top five? Yeah. And I think I was thinking. have two. Or that's what I meant. Which yeah. one of the two would be. Uh, I think two would be in mine. Two, it went full five. I loved it. Five. It was a great fight. I mean, any any Nate Diaz fight. It's a little high think, for me, to be honest, though. I think it's a little high, too. Yeah, number two. I love it. But, I mean, but, but the buildup. If the, that's, if the that's build part up, of your thing. Connor, I mean, the Connor water lost. bottle throwing. It, everything <laughs> it, was, it, was a spec- it was a spectacle and then Connor going to that weight class being able to go five rounds like the guy a monster that was a war Connor is a fan favorite Nate Day is a fan favorite there was hate there was love I like that it I, was a war that's I can't argue you that, know fight. I mean? that fight it was... brought it's probably like five for me okay. it probably brought, it brought nations together that fight is made, all time. It made Diaz a star it did yes well the first one him beating McGregor made him a star and then the second one just kept that train one is unanimous. Uh, Forrest Griffin, Stephen Bonner won. Ultimate yeah. Fighter one finale. Yeah, that was... It was 15 that. minutes of two grown-ass men trying to kill each other. Forrest Griffin, one of my favorites. That, changed, that changed the direction of UFC. Yeah. I think this is unanimous for anyone who's loved UFC for a long time. Because these dudes bloodied each other. Yeah, they that was a great battled. Fight. It was one way. It was the other. They... they, they it was so hard to call that fight at the end, and those guys ended up becoming both, you know, legends. Yeah. Like Forrest Griffin held the title. Hall of Famer. Um, he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, the last fight I remember Stephen Bonner in was like I think it broke his broke his arm. He got leg kick, broke his arm. But those guys fought a ton. Yeah. They made Ultimate Fighter a real TV show. Like pioneers. this is this is yeah. The pioneers, man. This is this is gonna go Regardless. like down. All time. Regardless, that's a great top five topic. Whether we agree with the top five, 
It's a good topic for a top five. Any come to mind for you? I, I had a couple missing on there. I don't think I think Chuck and Tito, one of those, have to be on there. Uh, they weren't great fights, though. But I mean, just the build up. We're talking yeah, about like all timers. Build up and love, but Chuck and Dale beat the shit out of him. Yeah, no like, GSP fights on there. Boring fights. He does fight a little bit boring. <laughs> I mean, what I could probably say that Matt Sierra, Matt Sarah, when he knocked him out, yeah. but but Poirier Hooker we just saw recently was I, a top five so fight for me. I erased the Holiday Poirier fight that was on my honorable mentions. Uh, it recently happened in 2019. Um, and no holiday, but it was like holiday wasn't didn't belong in that weight class. He didn't have the power, but he he stood in there and banged with Dustin. That was a great fight. But, but, I love that fight. The two of my favorite fighters. Yeah. Uh, then, they, there's no chick fight, so I mean, I guess we haven't seen a top five chick fight, but Wei Li, and, Wei, the Wei I mean, Lee fight that comes one, to mind. That one won yes. in 2020 over Hooker Poirier. So yeah, and I, that was an, amaz- that was an amazing fight. Oh yeah, of course. The uh, Wei Li fight might be top ten, top five for me, just because it's only two chicks that went to war like yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, just top of my head, one. I think you guys should all agree this at least should have been honorable mention. Jones yeah. Gustafson won. I thought about that, that for a long a time. Fucking yeah, I actually like, went. Back, that was the first one John Jones ever got pushed in. I like, went back and actually watched highlights just to make sure I didn't fuck up. Yeah. And I wasn't too sold on it because a lot of people say, like, Gustafson won. But from what I watched, and no one will – I mean, you could – no one will convince me that Bones didn't dominate. It's not that he dominated. It's just that he got pushed. Yeah. He no. broke his toe. His eye was split open. Oh, like, his toe was so gross after that yeah. fight. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I he still tapes that. it. But I thought he won – I thought he won four rounds, like – so definitely three, tough. four is tough. Like, but it was it was a, it was a damn near close fight. Yeah. Like, I'll give him that. It's um, I guess you you should say it's the first time Bones was at a different level. Like, Gustafson pushed well, him to a, a new whole it was another, a new blood in the division. Yeah. Like, it was time. Like, he had already beat that was Evans, a great fight. Shogun. He he's he beat, he beat the division damn near twice yeah. at that point. Yeah. Um, another one that comes to mind for me, a personal one, um, Frankie Edgar and uh, Gray Maynard too. Gray Maynard. Uh that's a chills that's, if in my head. Frankie Edgar. If you're into like flipped early wrestling, back. boxing, jujitsu, all of it, that's a great fight. They to went. Watch. They went three fights. They went um, like two titles. Hey, we one, watched one of those awesome. fights at um, the Dominguez house. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That was did. a great fight. Love those fights. And it, obviously, Frankie had a wars with Benson Henderson, Maynard. He had a ton. Holloway Poirier. Or oh, I'm sorry. No, Adesanya Gastelum. Yeah. Underrated. For it's the underrated. interim belt for five rounds. That fight was fucking insane. And Gastelum, a guy that, you know, a lot of people, you can say what you want about him, but that guy went five rounds with Adesanya and was 2-2 going into that fifth round. Yeah. And that fight was an no, absolute that was, brawl. That's a that new was one, a, but that was a brawl. 2018 or 2019, but that mm-hmm. was a fucking fight. Oh, my God. And so. in that fight we just watched... Um, Riddell and Dover. Riddell and Dover oh, could have definitely made the list. That was amazing to watch. That's, it's always great when there's undercards. There's a bunch of yeah. undercard fights across UFC that could be on but the I, list. You know, but I you added, need the hype. You I added the hype. the hype and my favorite fighters mm-hmm. into this list. No, I'm with so. you. We'll, send, we'll post a top five. Send us your top five of all time. Regardless, that's a great top yeah, five. Talk some shit. Um, we're going to keep up with the top five segments, so it's going to be different every week. It's not necessarily going to be sports either. It's going to be yeah. whatever we feel like it. So I might throw Movies. a wild card at you. Movies. I'll, I'll throw something at you weird next week. Beers. Yeah, get some weird. <laughs> yeah, beers, whatever it is. Um, but that is episode one of TD Podcast for the week. Give us your feedback. Who's going to win the NBA title? Who's going to win this week in UFC Fight Night? B's top five fights. Let us know what you think. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Thanks for listening.